0: Thank you for joining us here on this Thanksgiving Eve and Connie and I were sitting around this morning having coffee and we're just kind of going back and forth about what we're thankful for and you all came up on the top of the list for us. We're thankful for you to be able to serve the Lord with you to be here at this time in this place uh, watching and seeing the good things that the Lord is doing uh, through us as a church so thank you. For your thankfulness, that's always expressed to us in the way uh, you speak and act towards us, we're very grateful for all of you. Uh, we were we were also sitting there talking about the negativity uh, that goes on in our world today. We're the only nation on earth that's actually set aside one day out of the year—an actual opportunity for us as a country to come together and be thankful, and we can't seem to quite get that right. You know, it's mind-boggling. I was going through the news wires, and I was kind of typing away, doing a little internet search, and you know, it was just complaint after complaint after complaint about the way the world is, and the way the country is, and the way the state is, and who's in charge, and it's like, you know, it was literally a chicken little thing, like the sky was falling. Can I tell you, we're very blessed We are blessed. We have so much to be thankful for. And maybe tonight you came and and you're not in that place yet of thankfulness. And I would simply ask you to consider in the next 35, 40 minutes tops what I'm about to share with you. Because we're going to turn to the Psalms, we're going to go to Psalm 103, so if you want to turn there. When you look at the Hebrew Old Testament, the book of Psalms, which is dead in the middle of your Bible, by the way, was a Jewish hymnal, it was a song book. And very often the Hebrews would sing these psalms, psalters. They, they would literally put word and music together. And in fact, the psalmist David, who authors the 103rd Psalm, was also a musician. Uh, he played the electric lyre. Uh, he plugged it into a rock someplace, I don't know. But he, he was a gifted musician. And so you can almost see the psalmist David, the prophet David, the king David, expressing what I think is one of the most beautiful pictures in all of the Bible of where every single believer's heart ought to be. And I'm going to ask you tonight, are you thankful? Because if you're a Christian, if you're a believer, we're actually supposed to be thankful because thankfulness is exactly what flows out of the heart of someone who truly understands the love of God. If you know exactly how far God went to redeem you and to buy you back and to bring you into his kingdom to forgive your sin to make sure that you have an eternal home that surpasses all the things that you have on this earth then it flows from inside of you. Thanksgiving is not something that you have to drum up. Thanksgiving is not something you have to search for. Thanksgiving should be something that you actually are because you are a thankful person. You understand God and how he loves you. And so tonight, I hope we can lift one another up and reach into the heavens and praise the God who is worthy together. So would you join me? Let's pray. We'll turn our attention to the 103rd Psalm. Father, we thank you. Oh, how we praise you, Lord, for tonight. God, that you gave us breath in our lungs, that you've given us the ability to get here. Lord, maybe some of us more mobile than others. Lord, some may have walked, some in times of great want and some in times of great excess, God. Some of us tonight are thrilled with the condition of our lives and others of us certainly could wish that things would change but in you there's none of us that has a reason to be any less than thankful and so god we pray that you'd speak to us tonight empower us to be grateful people filled with praise to the one who is worthy in jesus name amen verse 1 psalm 103 bless the lord Oh, my soul. And, I, and as I as I read this, you know, there are times when we bless the Lord because of maybe something he's done. Anybody ever done that? You know, the Lord's just been good to you and something happens and you bless the Lord because maybe he's been providentially good to you. You know, there was a extra bonus on your paycheck for Christmas, or maybe you got a great deal on the car, and you, it bless the Lord, because I got a good deal. Bless the Lord, because, you know, I got a, a new whatever. But the psalmist David is taking us internally so deep that it gets to a part of who you are and who I am. Bless the Lord, oh my soul. And all that is within me. In the Hebrew, in this particular passage, it's indicating that the sum and the total of all that David is internally his mind, his emotions, his thoughts, the very breath of life that's within him basically, the response of understanding who God is. David's whole being is crying out, Bless the Lord. Oh, my soul, all that is within me, bless his holy name. Bless the Lord, O oh, my soul, and forget not all of his benefits. You see, this is where the negativity that I was reading in the news media comes into view for me as a Christian. You see, we have a tendency to think his many benefits would be that he solves every problem in the world when I think there's some other benefits that have come our way, that have come by grace, that are a whole lot more important to us. And we're going to see those as David continues here. Tonight, is your soul blessing the Lord for who he is? That God eternal came from the heavens to this earth for the sole purpose of redeeming you back from your life of sin? Bless the Lord, O my soul, amen? Amen. You, you see, sometimes we attach blessing only to things that are eternal and tangible. We can feel them, touch them, see them, experience them. When indeed the greatest blessings that you will ever experience are all internal. Anybody in here grateful? You're going to heaven. That has nothing to do with you, man. It ain't got nothing to do with where you live. Where your house is, what country you live in, what language you speak, what race, creed, or even where you are on the grand scheme of the social scale, whether you're at the top and you govern your own little world, or maybe you feel like you're at the bottom. The one who believes on his name shall never be ashamed. You're a child of the king, you're going to heaven. Amen? You, you see, we have a tendency to put these things on stuff like, well, you know, I got enough money for Christmas gifts. I, I, so, I got to share this with you. I got so tweaked this week. I'm walking through the stores. I'm going, man, where's all the Thanksgiving stuff? It's like they just skipped right over Thanksgiving. And I went in there and, you know, here's all this, you know, Christmas stuff. And I'm like, you know what? I'm not even buying any of this. I'm boycotting. I'm doing my own little boycott right now. I want you to get me a turkey and a pilgrim right now. You want me to buy anything in this store? Go find me you know, some Native Americans and we're, gonna all get, we're having a feast right here. And I don't say that disrespectfully because there's a lot of bad history that goes on with almost everything in our country, amen? If you want to find fault, you can find fault with everything we are, everything we do, and everywhere we go. That's a truth. But the truth of thanksgiving comes from inside of us. Are we actually a grateful people? Look at the remainder of what David says in these first five verses. Bless the Lord, O my soul, and forget not all his benefits, who forgives your iniquities. Amen? Man, I'm glad mine are forgiven because I actually added an iniquity when I was in that store. I'm like, who's the dude that took away all the Thanksgiving things? I'm give me a where's a pumpkin? I was having a little issue with that. I had some pumpkin loss derangement syndrome, I think. Sure a new acronyms coming up for that now. Who heals all your diseases? Can I tell you there's one disease that every last person in this room is suffering from, and it's fatal? It's called sin. Who heals all your diseases? Here's the real truth. If you came tonight and you're in perfect health, God bless you. If you got artificial parts, God bless you. The bottom line is your first breath was the first breath that you took, leading to your last breath, which you're also going to take. And in that sense, there's not a person in here who is not going to die, unless the Lord comes for his church, in which case you'll be taken directly to heaven, problem solved. But he forgives all of our iniquities, every last one of them. Do you know that's a requirement to get into heaven? If you're not forgiven by the blood of the Lamb, you can't go where God is. You know, we we sit there and think, well, I've got this problem or that problem. We all got problems. The answer to every one of your problems is found in Christ Jesus as your Lord. Now, he may solve some of them here, but I can guarantee you, when you take your last breath, every problem solved. Maybe you came tonight and you're struggling physically. Physically. One day you're going to go where there is no death, no dying, where the lamb lies down with the lion, no hate, no anger. We're all going to get there. The only question is when, if you know the Lord. Heals all your iniquities. Who heals all your diseases. One day he's going to clean up our whole existence. Who redeems you from your life from destruction. Anybody in here ever done things in your life that caused your own self-destruction? Don't raise your hands, it's okay. <laughs> I'll just assume you're all going to be truthful and raise your hands. Your own destruction. My number one problem almost every day is not someone else, it's me. I'm the issue. He redeems us from even our own self who crowns you with loving kindness and tender mercies. It's like he says, look, Jeff, I love you so much. I'm going to crown your life with loving kindness. That means he is kind while loving on us when we're unlovable. We're like trying to hug porcupines spiritually. Amen. You ever look at the porcupine? It's like, that's how we are to God. We've got all these little spines sticking out of us, all our little issues, and God's saying, come on, give me some of that. God loves you with all your faults and your weaknesses, your bumps, your bruises, all your stains, iniquities, your outright sin. God still loves you with loving kindness and tender mercies. You see, sometimes when we're merciful, it works like this. Somebody does something to you, you ought to be glad I don't kill you. That's our idea of mercy, right? You know, I was like, well, you know, if I wanted to, I could take you out. And God's actually to us looking at our lives and he's saying, you know, Jeff, even though you did that, not only am I not going to give you what you've deserved, I'm going to give you what you don't deserve. I'm going to give you grace. Grace on top of the fact that I'm going to give you my tender mercies. I'm not going to rub your face in your problems. Why am I taking this much time with these handful of verses on a Thanksgiving Eve who satisfies your mouth with good things so that your youth is renewed like eagles' wings? Because every bit of this comes directly from God to you, to me. It has nothing to do with my condition. It has zero to do with how broken I may be or not be. It has nothing to do with my social status. It doesn't have anything to do with whether I'm wealthy or poor. It has nothing to do with anything other than God is good. And so as we think on this passage, and we think on Thanksgiving itself, which, by the way, we've been celebrating since 1541. Spanish conquistador Francisco Vasquez de Coronado celebrated with some of his men the very first Thanksgiving celebration. So it's been around a long time, over 400 years And finally, it would be woven into our national life, brought to that place to where it's a national holiday. Abraham Lincoln, during the time of the Civil War, directly after the Battle of Gettysburg, began to ponder exactly what was going on in the country. And he even remarked, this Thanksgiving is going to be something special because of what's happened so yes, you can pick out all kinds of inequities, things that should never have happened, things that even stain the consciousness of us as a nation. But thanksgiving is actually because of who God is. Thanksgiving in that sense is actually praise. Thanksgiving is actually worship. And because God is always worthy We should always be thankful. We just happen to have a holiday that we celebrate it on. But it should be our attitude year round. It shouldn't really be something that we're, you know, we were pressed into in 1941 when Congress finally said, okay, well, the fourth Thursday of each November, we're going to celebrate Thanksgiving. For a Christian, we ought to be in that thankful state constantly. And yes, things are a tad sketchy. And yes, things could improve for all of us. But thanksgiving from us is something that we have and do because God himself is worthy of that thanksgiving. God is worthy of that praise. God is worthy of our worship. You see, sometimes we just link it to the good things. And we lose it when something bad happens. If that's you, you're going to run through cycles of lack of thanksgiving. You'll be at the highest heights of thanksgiving in other times when someone does something for you. You see, really, thanksgiving and worship are actually inseparable. We began the evening by worshiping, amen? That's not us just sitting around and singing songs because we sound good like a big choir. That's not the 20 minutes that we burn so you all can find a seat. That's not us getting together and seeing exactly what new licks Jesse's learned on the electric guitar. Okay? Which, by the way, was pretty awesome tonight. We're blessed, amen? I mean, we get to worship in that sense. But at the end of the day, that's not actually what worship is. Worship is an attitude of heart. The actual Hebrew word there and the Greek word that comes from it, proskuneo, means to be bowed down. It means to adore. It means to kiss. It it means to fall down, stoop down. It, It means for us to pay homage. It means to be supremely thankful. We actually even say something like when someone does something really wonderful man I just worship you it's not an exact equivalence but when someone does something really wonderful to you what do you do you go around and tell everybody yeah man my car broke down and so and so came and got me and took me to work and then came and picked me up and, and you know, and I needed to ride the following day and they came and did it again and I didn't make it on time and I missed some money for my paycheck and they gave me some cash so I'd have, we call that worship. If we are so thankful for something like a paycheck or a ride in a car, how much more should we be chasing God around this universe going, we love you? Are any of you football fans in here? I'm one of those, I don't do anything halfway. And so when I watch a football game, I'm one of those people, I jump up from the couch, I fist pump, I'm like, yes! You know, I do the whole thing. I'm I'm sorry if that seems weird to you. It's just the way I am. God made me a little over the top with regard to sports, okay? So when my team is winning... It's like all you talk about for a couple of days, man, did you see that play? This is so bad in my life that I got into a text conversation with Aaron Campbell, Pastor Aaron, who was here last Thursday. He lives in Philly. He's disrespecting our West Coast football team. No, 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 <laughs> This is not happening. So he starts going off on Purdue and all this kind of stuff. I'm going, Purdue's nothing. He, he goes, well, what do you mean? He said, who invented the offense that is currently the property of every team in the NFL. He goes, oh, well, that was, you know, that was the Steelers. I said, oh, no, 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 no. And so we went round and round and round. I said, you look it up. It's Don Coryell, San Diego State University, 1973. Air Coryell went from San Diego State into the San Diego Chargers, now the Los Angeles Chargers. And that offense became the offense that everybody now uses. He says, Oh no, that's not true. I said, check it out. John Jefferson from Dan Fouts, End Zone, one handed catch gets both heels down. And I remember this like it happened yesterday. He says, You're you're a lunatic. I said, No, check it out. It's on the internet. Check it out. And sure sure enough, there it is, John Jefferson. One handed grab in the end zone gets both heels down as he's going out of bounds, drags him about that far from the inline. He's going, Man, that was an awesome play. It's like, Man, I never saw that before. All I'm talking about how great this pass was. It was a pass. That's all it was. Nobody's going to heaven over it, nobody's going to perish if they didn't see it eternally. Nobody's life is going to be immeasurably made better. Mine, a little more animated, maybe. But we get so excited and we wander around and we're, you know, like all this week it's been, yeah, did you see the Rams? Before that it was, yeah, the Dodgers are in the World Series. And we chase around and we're like praising them. My point don't you think the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords is worthy of a little more praise than that? Amen. Amen? That's thanksgiving. That's us going, man, you should see my Jesus. You should see the play he did to redeem me back from the life I used to live. Man. When he started working in my life with me, you can't believe the changes that he made. And yet, we find it hard to praise him. We find it hard to be thankful because we think it's external, when in fact it's internal. You see, if you supremely love the Lord like some of us supremely love football, you would think that we ought to be able to praise the Lord all the time. And remember details of the great things that he has done. Forget not all of his benefits. The great things that he has done. When I think back on what God's done in my life, man, I'm jumping up and down and cheering. That's kind of why I'm here tonight, just frank with you. It's like, I want you to know about my king. I want you to know about my savior. I want you to know what Jesus has done for me personally. And it becomes a fire. It's just like that crazy. Have you seen what people do to themselves inside of football stadiums? It's like they've got they went and had plastic surgery, so their head looks like a football. It's not just a cheese hat anymore, it's like they're coated in cheese. They're like a nacho man. I I, it's like it's insane. Can't yeah, we love the Lord with all of our heart and our soul and our mind and our strength for all the great things that He has done? And be thankful. Lord, if I died today, I'm going to bow down and worship You. I'm going to fist pump You in the end zone of life. I'm going to catch fire for You, Lord. We use that term. Man, those guys were on fire. Because I'm kind of like half stuck between basketball right now and football. It's like, do you see that? Dude was on fire. His fingers were smoking. We should be like that for the Lord Jesus. We should be consumed by Thanksgiving. I don't know if you get that way. I want to get that way. I want to be unabashed. Again, think of the analogy. Those people in the end zone do not care what the whole rest of the world thinks, amen? They can't possibly. They're half purple and green and blue and they're wearing cheese and watermelons and stuff on their bodies. Half, guys that have no business not having a shirt on, okay? I'm just saying, cover that up. In Jesus' name, be healed, But they're like, they're on, it's like, man, this is the best thing ever, and their team is losing. We're winning. We are winning because of who our king is. The battle's been won, the victory is ours, it's secure in Christ Jesus. Can we not get consumed with our Lord? King David was a perfect example of that. And I want you to know that in King David's life, he did not always have it good. Yes, he was a king, but he was also hunted down by the previous king, King Saul, amen? He's hiding in a cave. Can you imagine waking up, going to your mailbox, and you have a little note in there? You are now being hunted by the United States military, All four and a half million of them. That was David. He was being hunted down by the armies of Israel. And he still managed to write with thanksgiving. Why? Because he knew in whom he believed and whom he trusted. And that he was able to keep that which is committed unto him. He understood who God was. And so the question becomes, what about you? What about me? What about us? What are we going to do? David's given us a model here. Here's the truth. Probably most of us are going to watch a a doubleheader football game tomorrow, and it'll be Dallas and whoever else they play, amen? Because it's always that way. And then you're going to consume a meal that you can't thank God for. You just need to ask him to forgive you for eating it. And then pray for your gluttony after you've done that. You know it, it's, it's not like the, the holiday that we celebrate actually has a whole lot of spiritual significance unless you stop and say, God, my heart is inclined to you in gratitude because I live in a country where I can actually do these things. You, you've given me a mind to even appreciate the fact that there's a bunch of men on a field running around throwing a ball that is kind of fun to watch. But more than all of those things that you wake up in the morning and your feet hit the floor and the blood is cursing through your veins and you are actually alive. You see, sometimes we get so focused on the other things that we forget the main thing. The one thing, if you will. And that's the creator of heaven and earth has personally invested in your life and loves you supremely and it should cause us to be constantly consumed with thanksgiving, constantly worshiping him, constantly praising God. Because here's what's going to happen one day. You're going to die. And as a believer, that is the best day of your life. The last breath you take here, you're going to open your eyes there. Everything you've ever experienced, every single thing negative that you've ever experienced, instantly taken care of. So while we're here for a while, we do go through some difficult things. The answer to those difficult things is focusing on what lies ahead and who has it under control. It's like, Lord, you've picked my schedule for me. You've created me in Christ Jesus for good works that I should walk in them. Lord, help me to be thankful about that. You've given me this tent to walk around on this earth, all these, let me be thankful about that. that. You've given me a church where I'm loved and appreciated. Let me be thankful about that. Lord, you have sustained me all of my days. Let me be thankful about that. Let me give you a little shocker. If you're in this room and you're a citizen of this country, you are in the top 1% of all human beings on the face of the earth. Did you know that? Lifestyle, longevity, money, access to health care, food, all of those things that the whole world holds dear, we're in the top 1%. We're 380 million people Out of the worst worlds, nearly 8 billion people now. So even in those things where we're kind of whining and complaining sometimes, we're actually better off than the whole rest of the world. Now if you add into that that we are American Christians blessed to live in this unbelievably glorious country... Again, with all of our faults and problems, you can name them, so could I. But we are blessed beyond anything that the whole rest of the world even understands. Are there wealthy people? Are there well, sure there are. Are there people that may tout one part of their existence or another? Yes. But name another place that has the freedoms we have. You can't. And so. We happen to have the dual blessing of being believers in Christ Jesus and also living in the most wonderful country on the face of the earth. We of all people ought to be most thankful to God for that. Because like it or not, you pull Christianity out of the United States history and you're going to have what went on in Europe. You're going to have feudalism. When you travel to the U.S. Capitol building, you go in the Capitol rotunda... There are huge paintings in there. If you've ever been in there, you've seen them. They're about 15 feet high and about 26 feet wide. You know what they represent? The early beginnings of the country. There's a baptism, a Bible study, and a prayer meeting in those paintings. Three different paintings. That's not by accident. That actually is our founding. We've traveled the ways from some of those things to be certain. The fact of the matter is we have so much to be thankful for. There's three lessons I want to leave you with tonight. Verses 1 and 2. A life of thanksgiving to God causes us to count our blessings. If you're really thankful for what God has done, you have no choice but to be counting your blessings. I start thinking about my family and my wife and my children, this church, our usefulness to the king and to the kingdom that he's allowed me these privileges. How can I not sit there and count my blessings? And here's the crazy thing when you start to count your blessings. Those things that you would say are not blessings kind of fade into the, into the distance Our problem is is we count the inequities. We count the bad things. We hang on to those. We carry them around with us like they're some kind of badge of honor. It's like, well, this is messed up in my life. Can I just be real with you? There is nobody in here who doesn't have some stuff going on in their life. Amen? There's not a soul in here that doesn't have some things that we would wish that are better or different some things that we wish would go away, some things that we'd be super thankful if God would take them out of our life, that's everyone in here. But if you're here tonight and you are of the Lord, you know Jesus personally, you need to count your blessings because that comes from a thankful heart to God. A second thing in the psalm, thanksgiving, a life of it, praise, worship of the Lord truly is filled with wholeness and health it takes care of those issues that we have in our life sometimes we wander around as if everything is broken that disease we all suffer from the disease of sin its consequence scripture says is death by the way when sin entered into the world death came through sin so the reason actually your body is going to physically one day wear out is because of sin God fixed that in Jesus Christ. You realize that? For the wages of sin is death, but the free gift is life eternal. He even fixes the eternal things in our lives. And so we have a reason to live lives of thanksgiving to God. Because he's given us wholeness, he's given us health. Maybe not right now, maybe not today, maybe not in in the way you view. Perhaps you're dealing with a health struggle right now. Maybe you have an emotional struggle or a mental struggle right now. There are lots of things that we're all going through that ultimately the only answer to them is heaven. And praise God, heaven is secure because of who God is. You think he's worthy of worship for that? He is in my book. When I think of what God has forgiven me of and cleansed me from and worked over in my life, honestly, if you were to map out my existence, I'm doing pretty good right now to even be alive for all the things that the Lord saw me through. And yet he's given me wholeness and health, even some of it now, but later... I'm golden. And a life lived in thanksgiving to God gives you a meaningful life. Can I tell you there are things that people invest their whole life in that when it gets down to the end of it, they find out that it's actually meaningless? The pursuit of money, the pursuit of power, the pursuit of passion, the pursuit of position in this world. I was reading an article, and probably most of you Senator John McCain, Vietnam veteran, spent over four years captive, you know, hung with his arms behind his back. That was the reason he couldn't lift his arms up. But his his bride, Cindy McCain, was talking about kind of his life. You know, if you were to look at his life, it would seem like it, it... was kind of going on a pretty steep trajectory. He ran for the President of the United States, amen? But you know what he said right before he died? He said, I wish I could have done more. How does a guy like that get to the end of his life and still wish he could have done more? Because all of man's doing is meaningless without doing it for an eternal purpose. It's just for the here and now. As wonderful as, that, as his life was and will be remembered, without an eternal focus, it ends when you die. And there will always be more. So we have a reason as believers to always be thankful because our lives now have eternal purpose. Things that transcend this world and this life and your body and your mind and your resources, you now become an eternal part of God's plan. So we have a reason to be supremely thankful. That should be how our lives actually are lived. It. it Thanksgiving should not be a day to us on the calendar. And in fact, Thanksgiving actually should be something that we should constantly be aware of, something we should be honest about in our lives, be grateful for, be vocal as we share with other people. It should affect my attitude and my actions, how I spend my finances, what I do with my words and my work, every relationship, My voice should be used to that end. All that I am, my intellect, my vocation, everything that I am now becomes part of a life of thankfulness because I know what God has done for me. And when I live that way, the things of this world kind of are on a different scale. They're on a different level of meaning in my life. They're not meaning less. They just mean less. They don't take an eternal place in my life. I remember I was sitting in a hospital in Brazil having had a heart attack and as I'm sitting there thinking, I'm going to die in a veterinarian's office. The thing that the Lord comforted me with is, yeah, but you're going to die doing something that means something for eternity. They just finished up a little crusade down there and a bunch of people had come to faith in Christ. And some of those guys are still walking with the Lord. A couple of them graduated from Bible college and two of them planted a church. So I'm sitting here thinking, yeah, well. You see, my perspective got adjusted by heaven. I was never so thankful to hear my wife's voice again. Never so thankful to to. Feel the to touch of my sons again, never so thankful to make it back to the dirt of the United States of America again. I was thankful because God put it into perspective for me. He says, Look, if if this is the day I call you home, it's when I call you home. It's gonna be okay. No, I wasn't. He had other plans. But that thankfulness comes from the inside. It wasn't Anything on the outside. And it won't be on the outside for you. And so as you celebrate tomorrow, one of the verses I love for Thanksgiving are in First Thessalonians five, verse eighteen. And in everything, in everything, family, in everything, give thanks. For this is the will of God in Christ Jesus for us. It's one of those verses where we can actually say, I know exactly what God's will is for me. Any of you ever wonder what God's will is for you? Here's one of those passages you do not need to wonder anymore. This is one of those things you can say, I know God's will for me. It's at every moment of every day that I'm thankful for everything to God. That's who we are as redeemed people. And I pray your day is filled with really great things as well. But whether your turkey shrivels up and can't be eaten, <laughs> whether your cranberry sauce has berries in it or it's just the jelly, whether you have pecan pie or pumpkin pie or apple pie or all the above, whether they're all a la mode or with cheese, it doesn't matter. Whether you're that person that actually likes being green, green bean casserole You guys have some of those family members too that always bring the one thing that they think everybody likes and you're all like, can I I put it on your plate? No No matter what happens, if the turkey is jerky, it's gonna be okay. Amen? Amen? Because Jesus loves us. And one day we're going home to heaven. And we have everything to be thankful for because of him. Amen? Amen. Why don't you stand? Alex is going to come back out. Let's pray together. And if if you need to pray with somebody, I think we have some prayer warriors available over in the prayer room. And some of us will be sticking around for a little bit. So... Father, we thank you for your goodness to us. Lord, we bless you, our Lord, our souls bless you tonight. We have so much to be thankful for. All that is within us, Lord, we bless you, your holy name. Our souls are crying out to you, Abba, Father, because you love us as your children Lord, thank you for healing our diseases. Lord, thank you for redeeming us from destruction. Thank you for crowning us with your loving kindness and your tender mercies, God. Thank you for giving us the satisfaction uh, of who you are in our lives. And Lord, renew us as we serve you. Give us grateful and thankful hearts. Thank you for blessing us so richly. Lord, watch over and keep us. Lord, cause us to, to be your witness in this world of how to live thankful lives. Lord, we truly do want to give you all of us because you gave us all of you. And so, Lord, we bless you, we praise you, and with thankful hearts we all say together, amen. Amen. Amen.